One of the things that I am constantly doing as the pastor of this church and the shepherd of this flock is that I'm always checking my job description. I'm always looking to see what is it that I'm supposed to be doing because of the times that we're in and the things that are going on in our society, things that are going on in our world, I am constantly checking to make sure that I, I want to make sure I'm doing what God's called me to do. Um, when I became the senior pastor of this church, uh, we're going on uh, three years now, um, I remember um, Dudley Hall, who's the apostolic oversight over us, I remember him asking me to memorize the whole chapter of 1 Peter 5. And in that, in that it, says, it says, all of you who are shepherds, shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Shepherd them. Make sure you take care of them, those, those that are among you. Not, not as one who is reluctant, but willingly shepherd the flock that is among you. And so there's that. So I'm always constantly checking to make sure that that's what God has called me to do. What, am I, what does that mean? What does it look like for, to shepherd the flock that's among you? And so my job, my job is to care for the flock. That's our job as pastors. We have pastors that are shepherds here. We're to care for you. And uh, to make sure, not to, to make, to not just w wanting to walk around, just, just what do you need? What do you need? But at the same time, there are needs that you have that our job we are to take, we're to take care of spiritual needs, and to make sure that our, my job is to guide the flock. We're guiding. The, the Bible talks about the fact that the good shepherd leads us beside the still waters. And makes us to lay down in green pastures. So it's my job to, to guide and lead in that. And also, my job is to protect the flock. To protect you guys. Oh, they're coming. Said that to the first service. It's, it's a protection. And the reason why I'm saying that is so important is because there are things that are going on right now that are determining and that cause and effect in the body of Christ. So I, as a shepherd, would oversee and have an outlook of the, of the flock and to know what are things that are going on. The Bible actually says to the pastors to know the condition of your flock, to know the things that are going on. And that is the reason why God has is, is, uh, equipped saints to do the work of the ministry through the pastor, but also to protect the flock. Now, there's a, one of my favorite movies um, that we have, uh, that, I've, that I've seen that it actually talks about that. And I'm going to show a clip from it this morning. I want you to watch it. Reverend, with your permission, I'd like to make an announcement. Young man, this is a house of God. I understand that, Reverend. I apologize. The South Carolina militia is being called up. I'm here to enlist every man willing. Who's with us? The shepherd must tend his flock and at times fight off the wolves. Isn't that true? Yeah. Tend to the flock and at times fight off the wolves. Um, I'm, I want to be that type of shepherd. Now, here's, a, here's a, the key. 
I don't have a gun like he has right now, so, you know, you know I'm not packing necessarily, but there are people in here that are, so don't try to rush the stage or anything. Um, <laughs> people in here that, <laughs> that will, that, anyway, so we got that going on. You know, one of the things that I realized is that it would be easy if the enemy came in with the red suit on and a fork and tail and a little pitchfork, because then I could just shoot him. You know what I'm saying? Just be over with with that deal. Me and Smith and Wesson, we could take care of all if the enemy came in that way, but he doesn't. And so this is what the Bible says. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, it says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Matthew 10, 16 says, Behold, I send you out. This is Jesus talking. Jesus is saying this. Send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Now, here's where I want you to turn. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 20. We're going to focus on that. I read those scriptures. But as you're turning there, I want you to hear what I'm saying. So you do two things at once. Turn to, to Acts chapter 20. And I want you to hear this. A lot of times when I read scripture, I'm reading scripture, uh, not just leisure reading, but I want you to hear the emotions, hear the emphasis, hear what Paul right here is saying in the text. Don't just read it just to read it. Put yourself in the place. We'll try to put yourself in the picture what Paul is getting ready to do. So I'm going to set it up. Paul is getting ready to leave. He's getting ready to, to depart. And as he's departing, he has gathered all the elders, all the overseers of the church that he has that, that, that has, he has served with. And he's getting ready to give the, like, a state of the, a farewell address to them. And, he's, and, and you, when I read it, I'm going to try to read it slow. But as I read it, I want you to hear his emotion. I want you to hear the emphasis of where he's coming from and what he's trying to say. It's not, this is not just a Hallmark card uh, uh, farewell address. He's really wanting to, to emphasize something because he's not going to be able to, he's not going to see these guys anymore. So here we're going to break in at, at verse 17 and read it with me. It says, now from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. All the elders, he said, y'all come. And, and when they came to him, he said, to them, you yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the, by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. He Knowing that this is coming, he goes, I know that imprisonment and afflictions are going to, they're, they're, they're coming, but I do not count my life of any value nor is precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of grace of God. And now, behold, I know that none of you, none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. He's like, guys, this is it. You'll never see me again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Some of your versions say the full counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock 
in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things and draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And I, command, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Now, as I'm reading that, let's stop there. If you continue going on reading, you'll see that, that Paul, he kneels down and he prays with them. And after he prays with them, they weep. They bitterly weep because they're not going to see Paul again and the word that he gave them. It says it in the scriptures if you continue reading. And so he says to them, I'm telling you, when I leave, fierce wolves are going to come in the flock. And some of them may arise among, among yourselves. These wolves are going to come, and they're not going to spare the flock. They're not going to come in and be gentle. They're not going to come in and try to, try to be gentle about who they take and pick. And they are going to go after every single one of you. They are not going to spare anyone. They're taking out everybody. They're going to try to do everything they can to be fierce about leading them astray and taking them off the path that we have been for three years working on to make sure that we have, we have established. I preach, like I preached the word to you. I have admonished you with tears, with, 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 with just day and night. I have done this so that when the, full, when the wolves come, you'll be able to stand. I've done that. And so I'm asking the question today, what are the wolves? What are the wolves? When you talk about the wolves, what, what are they or who are they? When we talk about that, because as a shepherd, I want to identify what the wolves are or who the wolves are. They're going to try to come in and and take out the flock because wolves are fierce when they are ravenous and they are hungry. They are they They come in and they don't leave anything left because that's what they are designed. To, that's what they do. The Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the thief, the thief, the thief cometh not only but for to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He, Jesus said, but I've come that you might have life, but the enemy's come to destroy you. He doesn't know how to do anything else. It's the only thing he knows how to do because he knows that his time is short. Because he knows that his time is short, he's going to do everything he can to take you out. And so we've got to identify the wolves in this time. What are the wolves that are affecting the body of Christ in this time? What are the wolves that are trying to keep you from walking in God's destiny for your life at this time? What are the wolves? And I'll tell you what they are. If you go back to, when you go back to verse 30, and because the Bible even says this before I read it, it says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers and spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. We are fighting against an invisible enemy. So thus we fight. But Paul says, I'm not fighting as one who beats up against the air. There's a purpose to my swinging. There's a purpose to me swinging and, and fighting because I don't, I, I'm, I'm fighting. And some of you in here right now in the middle of a battle right now that's intense. Some of you just come out of a battle. Some of you are in one right now. God is saying, whatever is that, whatever battle you in, the end result is thanks be to God who always gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we are more, we are victorious. We are more than conquerors. But how do we identify the wolves? Here they are, verse 30. says, from among you in your own selves arise. And we are see that men being used by the enemy, people being used by the enemy will speak twisted things. 
to draw away the disciples after them. They'll, the wolves, if we are to identify them, are the lies that the enemy places in our minds. Those are the wolves. The wolves that come in and, and, and give you the lies. And so here are some of the lies that I want to identify. This is my job to identify some of, some of the lies, not all the lies that I can identify, that society and the world is saying. So I'm going to identify them because the Bible says that if you abide in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will make you so the only way to combat the lies and the wolves is to speak the truth. Here's, here's a lie. There are more than two genders. That's a lie. The world would have you believe that and try to be susceptible to that, just that there's more than two It's a lie. They're, they're, they're trying, trying to desensitize and trying to bring about lies. The truth is, the Bible says, and here's what I want to say to you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and there's this. Either we're going to live by the word of God or we're going to live by what everybody else is saying and everybody else's opinion and what everybody else thinks or we're going to live by the word of God. The Bible says that we are not to live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We have to be at a place where we live by what God says and not what everybody else is saying. We are going to be a church that lives by the word of God. If you're here for the first time, I'm not sorry. We are a church that lives by and we believe that the word of God is true and it's active, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And the Bible says that it goes out and accomplishes everything that he sets out for it to accomplish. Not only that, the Bible says that he watches over his word to perform it. Not only that, he says his word will not return unto him void. So we're going to live by, be a people that live by the word of God. Either we're going to do that or we're going to perish. We're not going to live long if we're going to live by everybody else's opinion. But Pastor Chris, this is what they're saying over there. I do not care. I'm going to bring you back to the word. We've got to come back to the word of God, ladies and gentlemen. Or we're going to be, we're going to, he's not, the lies are not going to, the wolves. The wolves are coming. And so that's a lie. Here's another lie. Life does not begin at conception. It's a lie. It's a lie. Life begins at conception. Someone's like, can you detect a heartbeat? I don't care. I'm telling you, at conception, that's what you talk about abortion. I'm not even going to call it abortion. I'm going to call it murder because that's exactly what it is. It's murder. That's a lie. And if we're desensitized to saying, yeah, but there are exceptions, I'm telling you, it's murder. we got to stand up, and, and we have to be a church. We have to be the body of Christ that will stand up in the face of adversity. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, if any one of you do not shriek back, I don't care. So I'm like, I don't want to get, we're not supposed to debate. I'm not trying to fight people. I'm saying, again, we gotta, again, we got to remember that we're not fighting against flesh and blood. People, he's, he's coming in and he's speaking lies. That's the only way. Do you know why? Because his time is short. He knows. He's trying to do everything he can. So, the lies. Life doesn't begin at conception. Here's, and, and so, it, it, it absolutely does. Man, I, I, I'm telling you, I love babies, man. I mean, when I was children's ministry, I loved everybody having babies. It was job security for me, you know. When I was children's ministry, I'm like, yes, have all the babies, all the babies. I'm telling you, the enemy is trying to snuff out a generation with lies. I want to say something else to you that I just found out just last night. And Vanessa's like, calm down. I was like, well, I just found out that the Richardson ISD has slipped in some CRT stuff. I just found this out. 
when my good friend sent me something, and I looked at it, and I had to turn it off. I was so mad. I was like, I want to go to school. I'm going to go to school. Big 45-year-old sitting in the desk. Ah, <laughs> do it in a heartbeat, because here's another lie, that one race is superior to another. Vice versa. Because now we got racism, then we got racism for the racism, and the blacks are mad at the whites, whites are mad at blacks, and then we got everybody else, LGBTQ is mad at everybody, and then LGBTQ is trying to come under civil rights, and I don't like that because they're trying to say that, like, what in the world? You didn't go through the things that the black people went through when we came over here. Don't try to slide in under civil rights. <laughs> what does the Bible say? Yeah. Are we going to uphold the word of God or are we not? I know y'all ain't shouting because uh, I'm telling the truth, but I'm going to tell the truth anyhow. I'm going to say it anyhow. I'm going to preach it anyhow. I'm going to talk about it anyhow. Because how else are people going to know the truth if we don't say it? So I don't care. I'm just saying one of those deals are like, Pastor, you need to calm down. I'm not calming down. I don't believe that we are, we are in a place right now. The reason why, I want you to hear me. The reason why we are in the place that we are, the body of Christ is in the place that we are right now is because we were quiet and silent when all this stuff was going on. Is that true? Tell me, tell me about me. It's the truth. We were quiet. And we were just like, well, I don't want to, we don't want to get involved in the deal. But listen, it's a lie. The enemy's trying to lie to you. Be quiet. Just don't, don't get involved. Don't get involved. Just be quiet. It's a lie. You need to stand up more than ever and preach the truth. Everywhere. So things are lies. All the things are lies. Here's some of the lies that are, that I'm going to say this too. Here's, a, here's another lie. That God winks at sin, and because there's, there's grace, I can do whatever I want and still be okay. That's a lie. I want to tell you today, I'm making an announcement. Hell is still hot. It's still hot. I don't think there's anybody down there fanning it, and there's no, there's no fans. There's no AC down there. Hell is still hot, and souls are still going there. If they don't repent and turn to Jesus. And so here's the thing. You don't get to do whatever. One of the lies that has crept in the church is this hyper grace movement. The grace says, well, he's, Jesus paid it all, and he has. But that doesn't mean you get to do whatever you want to do. Because sin separates us from God. Sin separates us from God, but nothing can separate you from the love of God. So it's, it's truth. It's true. This is just what God says. So it's, just so you know. Pastor Chris, is that your opinion? No, it's in the word. It's right here in the word. It says it. It says that. Unless people repent, they still go to hell. And even in the church, I'm going to say this, even in the church, if you think that, that he just, you can cohabitate and you can just live your life the way you want to and think God's just going to be like, it doesn't work. Because, and here's another lie. It's like, well, Jesus is a half-truth. Jesus loves me just the way I am. And that is truth. But he loves you not to leave you the same way that you are. So it's got to change from you. There should be a transformation that happens. There should be something that changes you. If you're a disciple of Christ, there's something that he changes you from the inside out. And from the inside out, you're changed. And therefore, he takes us from glory to glory to glory. But in between those glories, there are some places where he wants to transform us. If you'll say yes to him, he'll transform you and won't leave you the same way that you were. We're identifying some wolves this morning. Is that all right? We're identifying them. These are lies. Here's, here's some, that, here's some that, um, that, that maybe affect you. Here's a lie. That you don't have what it takes. That you'll never have enough. You'll never be enough. 
you'll always be broke, not smart enough, that you're a victim. Well, 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, thanks be to God who always gives us the victory, that you don't believe that God cares. He knows the number of hair on your head. Some of us have been subtracting for a little while, but he knows the number of hairs on He cares for you. Here's another one. So I'll never be accepted. Ephesians 1, 6 says, To the praise and glory of his grace by which he has made you accepted in the beloved. He wants us to identify those lies. Those, those lies. So I'm going to ask you three questions today. In my three points, as you guys know, my cadence is three points. And I want you to hear these three points today to identify those lies. I'm telling you, if we say this, if, if, the, if the truth will make you free, then the lie will keep you in bondage. So some of you got to identify the lies that he's speaking to you. I've talked about the lies in society. I've talked about the lies that could be in the church, but there's individual lies that he tells you to try to keep you from, from God's very best from your life, even in the church, because you could still be sitting up in here, smiling at me, waving at me, winking at me, and still be in bondage and still not be free and still not, and still not walk in the freedom that God has paid for. Because you could tell, I'm going to say all day long, I love Pastor Terry's story. He goes, I'm sitting here, and if you would have asked me if I was free, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm free. He goes, I was not only bound, but I was a prisoner of war and didn't even know it. So here are my three points. This is the first, the first point is this. Have you heard a lie? It means has it has been spoken to you? Have you heard a lie? Next lie could be the things that I said, that you'll never have enough. Your marriage is always going to be this way. Not only that, but you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're, you're not going to make it. You're not smart enough. You don't, you not only do you have what it takes, but this other person is better than you, and you might as well just take a back seat. You're never going to get that promotion. You're going to always be broke. You, nobody's going to love you. You're not going to get married. You're not going to have whatever, everything that you need. You're not going to be enough. You don't even have enough. The enemy always tries to lie to you. That's what, so that's what happened to Eve. It was a, it was a half-truth. Did God say that, 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 that you, what, did God say not to touch the, the tree? Did, he, did God say he's always questioning God's authority and what God has said over you? So when the time came, when God comes down, the Bible says in the spirit of the day, when he came in the cooler today, did you know that, that word translated the spirit of the cooler today is translated the spirit of the day? Look it up. It says the spirit of the day. When God came down in the cooler today and then Adam and Eve hid themselves and, uh, and, his, and he asked them, Adam, where are you? And he's not asking, he's not asking because he doesn't know where they are. He's asking because they don't know where they are. God knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly the lies that have been told. He knows exactly where you are right now in this place, right here in this house, knows exactly where you are. And this is what he says. This is a question. He goes, she goes, I, I heard you. She says, I heard you. And, and we were naked and we hid ourselves. And I'm going to ask you the same thing. God asked them, who told you that? Who said that to you? Who told you that you weren't enough? Who said that you weren't going to get that job? Who said that you were always going to be broke? Who said your marriage wasn't going to make it? Who said that you are not, you don't have everything that you need? Who told you that? It's a lie. Yeah, who told you that? Who said it? I want to know who said it. Yeah. Who said it? Who told you that? Good. You have to ask yourself that question. Where did I get that from? Where did I get that from? There was a day Vanessa and I were in the house, <clears throat> and Braden came out in the house screaming, bloody murder. 
screaming to the house. We go, what's the matter? What's the matter, honey? What is going on? And she said, Dad, oh, I have a crushed testicle. Where did you get that from? <laughs> You're a girl. Where did you get that from? She said, the boys told me that I have, that I have genitalia. I was like, uh, tell the boys to come here. Who told you that? I was like, guys, y'all can't be telling your sister that. And so she believed it. So she absolutely believed it. Came in holding herself just believe because she believed it. And some of y'all are laughing, but here's the truth. What are some of the lies that we believe? What are some of the lives that we believe that keep us from walking in God's very best? So have you heard a lie? Because if you heard a lie, the next question is this. Have you heeded to the lie? Because you can hear the lie, but do you heed to it? The, heed, the word heed in the, in the dictionary means to, it means to give special attention to. So you hear it, and then all of a sudden you start dwelling on the lie. Have you heeded the lie? God gave me a picture of, um, how many of you guys, I'm about to date myself. Anybody ever seen a Pez dispenser? How many of you guys remember? Raise your hand high. Don't be afraid. Come on. You guys remember that? My mother used to, uh, she used to um, give us those, and she would tell us not. Some of y'all are like, I never had a Pez dispenser. But if you don't know what it is, it's a, it's a, it's a little dispenser. That's really how I learned to load a clip in a gun. It was a close, that's the first place I learned how to load a clip. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You, you, you get it and you, you know, you, you did. some of y'all know the action even before you even got a firearm. You already knew. You was popped, locked, and gloated, right? You know, that's the first time I ever knew I was. I'd be like, how many does it hold? I don't know, but I can get one more. I can always get one more in the clip. You know what I'm saying? I, that's how I first learned how to. But, but here's, here's the reason why I bring that up. It's because in the Pez dispenser, you had to open the mouth of whatever it is that you had to get the candy out that would feed you the fluff. The, the, the sugar, the stuff. And my mother would always say, don't eat that before dinner because it's going to ruin, it's going to ruin your appetite for dinner. And I was, I was praying and looking at this message and the Holy Spirit said, that's what's going on in the church. They've opened the Pez dispenser and they've been feeding themselves the candy, the fluff, the, not the, the sugar, the, the fluff of the world, the ease of the world. And therefore it has ruined their appetite for the real. It has ruined your appetite for the, for the real, the, the meal that God, that's what I love about Vanessa. When she cooks a meal, it's not just one of them, you know, she ain't just finna throw a sausage patty on a paper plate. She put her love into it. Do you hear what I'm trying to tell you? I mean, that's that stuff when you get done eating, you just walk it with a limp. When you just walk with it. It's, it's so good. She'd be like, what's wrong with you? It's like, that, that meatloaf got me, girl. It's got me. I said, I can't even act right. She's like, I said, it's so good. When I pull up in the driveway, it put me in the headlock like Hulk Hogan and drags me into the kitchen. She goes, would you like, I, I want everything. I want everything. And so why would I stop off at Burger King, which I do sometimes, why would I stop off at Burger King when there is Fogo de Chao at the house? Some of y'all have been feeding yourselves the fluff of the world, and God is saying, come back to the real. Come back to the truth. Stop feeding yourself the lies. So have you... Have you have you heard a lie? Have you heeded to the lie? Here's the third point. This is my third point. Have you held to the lie? 
Here's another way to ask, ask that. Has the lie held you? Does a lie have a hold of you? That means you can't go forward because you believe that. You can't do anything because you, you believe that. You can't think of anything else because you, you're hearing that, and it's over and over going. I know I'm talking to somebody here this morning, and God is saying this morning that I want to break, loose, shatter, and destroy everything that has kept you from the promises of God because they are yes and amen. You've not been able to come into the promises of God because you believe that lie. But today, I believe that freedom is going to ensue, and you're going to walk in to all that God has for you today. Every, sha every, every shackle, every lie, every chain, everything that the enemy has told you today, we're going to shatter that so that you can walk in the truth of God's word. Has the lie held you? Has it, has it, has it gotten a hold of you? And man, I was, I've been praying. I'm telling you, I couldn't wait to get back in the pulpit. It's hard for me, y'all, to get to not be in the pulpit. It's hard. I couldn't wait to get here because this is what I heard the Lord say. I heard the Lord say, turn them loose in the name of Jesus. And here's what that means. Whatever has, has held you, it's time to get free and get loose of it in the name of Jesus. That lie has got to come under the subjection of the word of God that says that he has a final word over your marriage. He has a final word over your finances. He has a final word over your children. He has a final word over your life. And we are to stop listening to the lies of the enemy and stand, having done all to stand with your loins girt about with truth that the, the, the enemy walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour but even louder still I hear the lion of the tribe of Judah that is roaring this morning to bring about freedom in your life if you'll have him to roar into your, situa into your situation but you're like Pastor Chris I hear all the other you, you, you don't know my circumstance you don't know my situation you don't know what I'm facing you don't know what I got going on I don't but he does, and he is roaring this morning and saying, freedom in the house today in Jesus' name. Freedom in the house today. Freedom in the house today in Jesus' name. If you'll be free, anybody want to be free? I ain't met anybody just like, I please put handcuffs on me. Please, please, please call me. I don't know anybody that's like that, but I want to be free. I want to be free. I want you to be free. And I want you to identify the lies so that you can walk in. Have you heard a lie? Have you heeded to it? Have you held to it? Or is it holding you? Thank you for watching this message with us. We truly hope that it was a blessing to you. And if it was, would you hit that like button and also subscribe so you can see our content in the future? We'll see you on the next one.